I am adding to my college football YouTube channel. This time I am doing the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia has recently risen to the top tier of the college football world. There's nothing like a fight song to fan the flames of pride of college football partisans. Final score from Southern California. Let's call it an ass whooping, Donna. How about that? It was an old fashioned ass whooping. They took him to the shed. Oh, so good. Final score. That'd be Georgia 65, TCU 7. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you're already talking about with your family and your friends. We have conversations about pop culture, current events social media, we talk about trends, things in the news, headlines in the news, and often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. It is after midnight on upload day. I got to get going. Championship day for the Georgia Bulldogs. Donna, welcome in. Yeah, I got to get going because I've had uh, Trudy's reached out to me. Nikki Waits has reached out to me. About what? Ready to flip. Got to go. What time are we riding? Let's go. To do, to do what? Flipping cars. Flipping Trude, cars. Flipping Trude, cars. Trudy's ready. Nikki Waits is ready. Okay. Let's see. Right. Paula Holla Baker Sigmund's ready. Everybody's ready to go. All Time right. to flip some cars. I guess you're not coming. Uh, no, I'm not coming. Why is that? Because I didn't come last year. Okay. Didn't go last year. I just, I, I'm not a car flipper. That's not my thing. I don't flip cars. Not a car flipper. How about it for Stetson Bennett? What do you say about him? Unbelievable. Unbelievable game. From the minute he stepped on the field, so confident, so ready to roll. I mean, ran in touchdowns, just throwing the ball down the field. Um, I told you a couple of times they um, were going to do some blitzing on him, and he figured the play out ahead of time, you know, changed up the line, went up and told everybody, you know, kind of whispered to him, hey, we're going to do something different, call him plays. I don't think that Kirby was mad that he was calling these plays because what he was doing was really reading everyone on the field, and he knew what was happening. And, I mean, just, again, I just think he goes out there every week to shut down the naysayers, and there's probably some that were coming into this game. Anybody, I kept saying to people, when I would interact with them, even in my store and stuff, and they're like, I don't know, you know, TCU's got a good coach. They might be the sleeper team. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I just kind of knew it was going to be. So I was a little nervous because sometimes you do think like that underdog team is going to come in and just wreck it all up. But once we got going, I knew it was going to be this way. And they, you know, Kirby pulled Stetson out and got a standing ovation, which was unbelievable. And, um, you know, when the score gets that high, you almost have to start changing some things up so it doesn't look like you're just running the score up. And, and you know, I wish it on a couple of the hands, I do wish it had been a closer game because I do think it, you know, even I'm uh, sitting here, I'm a little jaded. And I'm like, am I going to go flip a car? Or am I just going to go to bed? Because I'm tired. But, you know, last year I was so amped up and I am what, so What is the up. difference? I mean, I don't think, I just said the other day, we're never going to be those jaded Alabama fans. But I think the difference in this one was it was such a blowout. 
that there just weren't those moments of like, Adrenaline uh, rushes. honestly, the real national championship game was New Year's Eve. And that's the kind of game where you're just, you're, you're exhausted, but you're just amped up and you're ready to go flip cars and you're ready to like bash in windows. I mean, not that I would do that or like just paint spray paint on somebody's like yard. Go dogs. You know, no dog cheers alone. Just all kinds of those sayings we say, finish the drill. Big dog's got to eat. Like, that's what I may go do, actually. I'm starting to get myself reamped up. I think I may go paint all my neighbor's yards that I don't like with dog sayings. Like, can you imagine if I go next door to the left of me and just, like, spray paint in huge letters on his dog, D-A-W-G, dog's got to eat. And then I go two doors down to the right of me, and I say, keep your dog on a leash, and the big dog came to eat. Georgia, 17 points scored is the most in a first quarter in college football playoff championship game history. 17 points in the first quarter. First points on the board were from Stetson Bennett. Didn't take too long for him to have an impact on the 2023 National Championship game. Here is uh, the moment. Keeper, Bennett, gets a block. Georgia draws first blood. Scored the game's first touchdown, 21-yard keeper, giving him eight rushing touchdowns on the season. And with that particular moment right there, Donna, he set a, uh, a school record. He became Georgia's single-season passing leader, threw for 121 yards on nine pass attempts in the first quarter, giving him 3,944 yards in his career. Previous record, previous mark was Aaron Murray, set back in 2012. Who has been a huge supporter of Stetson Bennett. Truly has been. Even I noticed after the game was, was tweeting. Yeah, just um, calling him the goat. He it was is, his last game as a dog. He is the goat. I mean, he is. Will he get a statue? Does he deserve a statue? I think so. Everybody says, like, you know, is he going to be, like, way low in the draft? And I get it that he's a little small guy, but, man, he can read plays, and he's, he's good to go. So I, I think it's just – what And that's what I'm saying. I don't think that dog fans are jaded by any means. I just think that this was such a blowout that it kind of, you kind of got a little – I mean, it wasn't one of those games where you couldn't check your phone, you couldn't do anything else, you couldn't get up to go to the bathroom because you were so afraid you were going to miss something. We will not be deterred. And we, you know what, listen, is a, a little shameless plug for my company. We have our Natty merchandise up la- um, live. As soon as the clock hit zero – we had it up on our website. And it's fully sanctioned and, and Oh, yes, yes, yes. To- yes, through the university, we have to have those little tags. And my our owner um, snuck his natty, the new natty merchandise into the game and, and changed it out, changed all his hats out and all the people around him, hats for everybody and had it on, ready to roll. I love the way things. Where do you go to get to, where do you Go to get merch. Yeah, anywhere. Onwardreserve.com. You can, and that's, um, if you're listening to the pod anywhere, you can go and get it. And it's really some good looking stuff. We got some good looking stuff this year. I mean, it only took me 365 days to get rid of every national championship t shirt. And here oh, they, they come. Oh, they still all going? Here they come here, again. Here, come, here comes another Here shipment. they come again. A year's worth of t shirts. Yes. Uh, Stetson Bennett first arrived in Athens in 2017, walked onto the football team, then redshirted, transferred to Jones County Junior College, made his return to the Bulldogs 2019. Emerged as their starter in 2021, leading the team to the national championship last year, back to back this year. So, Maybe that's what we should do: is that? hit Athens, hit the car, and head to Athens right now. Oh my God! You know that. they are going to be I'm partying not. on Clayton. Yeah. Whoop whoop whoop! All right, so Donna, here are 13 things that have happened since Stetson Bennett walked on at Georgia. Okay. Okay, we're not going to do all 13. Nobody has time for that. In uh, the time that, that Stetson walked on as a George Bulldog, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced their engagement, married, then separated from Britain's royal family, all in the time that Stetson Bennett walked on. 66 other quarterbacks were drafted 
and made their NFL debuts uh, since Stetson walked on. A picture of an egg became the most liked photo on Instagram. Three years later, it was finally topped by a post from uh, um, after the uh, the FIFA World Cup from uh, the Argentina player guy. Lionel Messi. Three Olympic Games have been played since he walked on. Any idea where they were? Guesses? Uh, Japan, Japan. Uh, Be- well, Beijing. Beijing. Tokyo. Tokyo. Uh, Peying Chang. Pe- yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, two of those were in back-to-back years after the 2020 Olympics were postponed due to COVID-19. However, uh, three Olympic Games have been played since Stetson walked on. Tom Brady won two more Super Bowls in that same time period, two different teams. And got a divorce. And got divorced. His seven Super Bowl rings are uh, continue to be the most in the league. And uh, finally this, since Stetson Bennett walked on to the Georgia football team, Old Town Road became the longest charting song on the Billboard chart. Record-breaking 19 he? weeks at number one. He's looking for another hit. Okay. He's riding his horse around. So 19 weeks at number one. Ended what songs reign, Donna, as uh, the longest charting song on the Billboard Hot 100? Uh, uh, how, many, how, many, how many notes would you like? Two. Uh, two notes. You can name, you can identify the song in two notes, you think. Three. Let me give it three. Uh, that is Billie Eilish. Bad guy. Bad guy. Uh, okay, well done, right? Well done, though. Hang on. I'll get you a, uh, hang on. You know, they've had really weird weather in California this whole week leading up to. So just in case you're wondering, she's safe. I know we're all concerned. But Ellen is posting Montecito where uh, Harry, Helen DeGeneres, where Harry, Meghan and Oprah live is underwater and mandatory evacuations. And she's posting from there that she's she has seeked higher ground, but that she's getting ready to evacuate and everyone's fine. I don't, Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. She lives in Montecito. I don't like Ellen. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Final score, 65-7. to seven. Yes. Coach Kirby Smart, your SEC Coach of the Year. He took his headset off. He was so relaxed. He has never taken during, during his headset off. Yeah, not his khakis. He didn't take his khakis off, but he took that, his headset that would, that would off. That would be inappropriate. Yeah, he took his little headset off. Have you ever seen when he gets like when he when he's hoodie Kirby and he tries to be like the team and see so he wears hoodie and he gets down there and doesn't stretches with them? Well, he's trying to fit in like he's one of the oh guys. Oh my god, it's hilarious! Yeah. I love it because there's a bunch of different Kirby. the main Kirby when he is in like coach mode. He's visor Kirby, you know what I mean? Right. But then when he tries to be part of the team, sometimes he wears his little hoodie. He's hoodie Kirby, but like he took his headset off, and I mean that has like he never takes his headset off, so he was like super relaxed, ready to roll. It's raining so hard out there in Southern California that it was raining in the stadium. It was raining into the stadium and on to fans. Can you it's, imagine it's, if those were your seats? It's a covered stadium. Yeah, how much of those seats? No kidding, I thought about that. Jeez, you get rained on. Yeah. Congratulations to the George Bulldogs national champions again. Again, folks. Sofa and love seat both. You get them both, and this is this is real leather. It's true leather. It's not a combination. It's not some sort of lab created leather, Donna. This is true leather. Um, the color is putty. I asked Marilyn before I left. Oh, I, I love like, putty. What, explain what putty would look like because I'm colorblind. But it was. It's a, like a tan, a rich okay? tan. Miranda is the name of the sofa and love seat, and right now you get them both at a steal. A steal is what you get them for at Gallery Furniture, sixteen hundred Brownsburg Road, Gainesville. 
Ask for Donna. Ask for the Wolfman. Locally owned small business. Uh, sofa and love seat, both. You is it's it's basically you're just walking out the door with them. Now don't do that. We don't encourage you to do that. Don't don't just run out the door with 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 the sofa and the love seat. But the the low price at which you're going to pay that you're going to pay a gallery furniture for the sofa and love seat is is so low, Donna, that it's as if is you're going to feel like you're stealing them. Mm. All right, here it is. Here is the uh, here's the sofa, Donna. Look at this. This is the putty color right here. Okay, let me show love you. Love that. Okay. That is like rich, rich, rich leather. Paired with uh, there's the uh, there's the uh, love seat, Donna. Part of the Miranda love collection. Love that. The Miranda collection available today at Gallery Furniture. Here's the thing: you're not going to have to uh, wait weeks for your uh, new sofa and love seat to arrive because you can you can strap it on the top of your uh, Camry today at Gallery Furniture, or they'll bring it to you. Uh, Marilyn said to me before I left that they have a lot of this 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 Miranda collection. This Miranda sofa and love seat. All right. So there's not just one or two. These aren't um lost been, leaders. They're not that. They hadn't been there's not nicks in them. There's not, you know, in in, in, in the furniture. Uh brand new. All right. Putty is the color. Miranda. Love seat and sofa. Uh price is so low, you're gonna be stealing it at uh, gallery furniture. Ask for the wolfman, ask for Donna. Here's the thing about leather furniture too. Like we have a huge leather sectional and leather is super easy to keep clean. People think it's not, but it is. If you have pets, it's much easier to clean leather than it is like cloth and you know like fabric type couches because that fur gets caught in the fabric with leather you can literally just kind of wipe it off clean it and you're good to go um i love our leather sectional it's so like it looks so 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 good um and you can pair it with really warm rugs you know sometimes people think that leather's not as warm as other fabric things but i've got two great fabric chairs you love our fabric chairs right that are mixed love, in there. I love our fabric chairs. That are mixed in with the leather, so you can do like elements of like warmer stuff with it. Really pretty drapes, and leather just looks great. It's timeless, um, and that's a great price that she's going to give you. I'm telling you, you're going to it's be shocked. Steal. You're going to be shocked when you go. So head on up there if you've been looking at other sectionals and and different things like that. This is the time. It's the time to go, and she will have them ready for you to take home. Accent pieces, got them all at Gallery Furniture right now. Everything from uh, from side tables to end tables to island bars, uh, bar servers and bar stools, and uh, got uh, entryway tables, coffee bars too. Gallery Furniture on Instagram. The follow is at Ask for Wolfman Furniture at Ask for Wolfman Furniture Gallery Furniture Gainesville. Megan, the new horror movie about a killer robot doll hit theaters. <laughs> That's right, a horror movie called Megan. Prince William was like, seen it. <laughs> Prince Harry has got this book coming out. He uh, recounted at William and Kate's wedding, Harry was suffering from a frostbitten penis. For real. He got frostbite on an expedition to the North Pole. He wrote, upon arriving home, I'd been horrified to discover that my nether regions were frost-nipped while the ears and cheeks were already healing. The Todger wasn't. He's very British to refer your penis as a Todger and very scary. You know, without a functioning Todger, it's impossible to Roger. You can't... His forthcoming book, Prince Harry, claims that Prince William once knocked him to the floor during an argument about Meghan. Apparently the fight happened at the Buckingham Waffle Palace. Jack. If you thought that a two-hour Oprah interview, a 12-episode podcast, and a six-hour Netflix docuseries were enough to contain all of Prince Harry's story and then some, think again. Prince Harry's Spare, available today. If you're listening on Upload Day, Tuesday, January 10th, 
goes far beyond anything Harry has previously revealed about his experience as a royal. Not only does Spare detail the drama that led Harry and Meghan to step back from their roles as senior royals and move to California, it offers brand new insight into Harry's relationship with his brother, Prince William, his experience with drugs, his losing his virginity, and even his penis. Or as he likes to call it, his Todger. To promote the book's release, Prince Harry did sit down interviews with Anderson Cooper, 60 Minutes on CBS, Michael Strahan on Good Morning America, ABC, and also on ITV. ITV is a UK-only subscription-based TV channel. If your IP address is from another country than the UK, then you are blocked from seeing the ITV website and app. We begin our conversation about Spare from Prince Harry and his sit-down with ITV Sunday night. Some people will say, you have railed against invasions of your privacy all your life. But the accusation will be, here are you invading the privacy of your most nearest and dearest without permission. That'll be the accusation. That'll be the accusation from the people that don't understand or don't want to believe that my family have been briefing the press. Wouldn't your brother say to you, Harry, how could you do this to me? After everything, after everything we went through, wouldn't that be what he would say? He'd probably say all sorts of different things. The one thing we know Harry says about his brother, because he said so in this interview, is that William is his arch nemesis. You refer to your brother as your um, beloved brother and arch nemesis. There has always been this competition between us, weirdly. I think it really plays into or is played by the air spare. It's hard to see how Harry and his family reconcile after this. What is the end result of Prince Harry's book, Spare? And what does Spare mean? Do we know that, Donna? A spare air. Like, if, if everything else falls through in the order of the monarchy, he's the spare. You know, he's below Will's kids, Prince William's children. Ah, in, the, in the pecking order. Yeah, so it's always been the thing, an heir and a spare. Was when he was born, that was what they would say. There's an heir, Prince William, and a spare. And it's sort of that... Uh, second place, not quite as good. And so you go through life hearing that, being told that. Right. And it has to affect you, right? Sure. Mentally and sure. every other way possible. Yeah. Let's talk about the money real quick, because I think that um, it's interesting to me that all all the revelations that are coming out in the book, which he got a $20 million advance for, advance, meaning that was given to him by Penguin Publishers before he even started writing. His ghostwriter got $1 million uh, advance, but uh, Prince Harry got 15 to 20 is what I'm reading. The Netflix deal for the docuseries was $100 million. Podcasting with Spotify deals, about $25 million. If he gets less than that, and that was only the advance, but if he gets less than that for the memoir, and he reveals 100 times the, the, the content and material and, and, and secrets, looks like uh, Netflix may be overpaid. This has me really troubled, I have to be honest. I love the royal family. I've just always loved the whole... And I know it's a dream and, and la-la land and clowns and balloons and rainbows. And we've all – that the curtain has been pulled back. But I always love the protocol and the pageantry of the royals. And I do believe that he has kind of put a stain on it. And I just recently said in one of our previous podcasts, like really recently, that I had watched the docuseries on Netflix – and I really felt differently. I've always loved Harry, but I, I really kind of felt differently about Meghan. 
But now I'm starting to kind of not like this situation. And and I think everyone has the right to tell their story. And there is obviously some incredible contempt and bad blood with him and his brother that guess what? We never knew. Because we as Americans thought when they walked behind his mother's casket with her brother and their father, we knew, I mean, we all know that Prince Charles is the, the puppet master, but is he? Maybe it's Prince William, you know? But at the same time, you just felt like these were two brothers who had each other. And that was always the, um, the, the, what played out in the public. We didn't know, but we thought after the death of his mother that the, the two brothers, certainly that they fought and that they didn't agree all the time. But it seems like when these women came into their lives, everything fell apart. And that, I don't think that's the case. I think they've always been, had probably a contentious relationship. I think William has always pulled rank on Harry. Um, Harry was always the randy, wild one who, you know, was in the hot tub in Vegas. And, you know, it, it had reported in the past that he was a big drinker and partier and all that stuff. When I was younger, I think I lived by the mantra that burn all the bridges down. Like if someone pissed me off, I was going to take them down no matter what. You know what I mean? Because it was just all about writing your name and making sure that other person felt pain for the pain that they were causing you. What I have learned later in life is it just causes you more pain. This is going to sound like all, you know, Deepak Chopra here and evolved, you know, like the guru, Deepak Chopra, the the wellness guru. Yeah, they say resentment and anger is like drinking poison. It doesn't affect the person, the other person. It affects you. It affects you. And I think that sometimes taking the higher road, that doesn't mean letting someone treat you horribly, but just not exposing every piece of minutia that's happened to you and every piece of dirty laundry it elevates you and makes you actually feel a little better because instead of, you know, you, you personally know what you overcame and what you've had to deal with, but to drag it out into the public just to embarrass someone or shame them or whatever, it's not going to change the past. And 90% of the time, it's not going to make them act differently toward you. The only thing that makes people act differently is when they look at their own actions and they go, that's shitty. You know, that's shitty. After that revelation, which is tough for some people. Sure. You know, if you, if you try to go backwards, though, after that revelation that you did a shitty thing or you can't be a shitty person and you get nothing in return, they've moved on. And, you know, what, what do you what do you what do you do then? I don't know. I think it's up to each individual person. But I think that this has really exposed the royals. And maybe that was his goal. Maybe. And I always say what I, my big thing is always in your mind, always think, what is my end game? And if you are willing to say out loud, my end game is to ruin that person Smear them. via divorce, via a cheating scandal, via work, via a, a revealing scandalous a kid, personal information. If it is just to scorch and burn the bridges down and you're willing to admit it, then okay. What I find so ironic is he's been on this tour where he's kind of been saying, I'm hoping we can remedy our rift and I'm hoping we can. There's no way. There's no way after publishing the things he published, that he's going, that they're going to be able to do that. More for like just embarrassment. Like, you know, the royals are going to be like, ah, ah, like put their hands out. And I just think there's some things like, do we need to know how you lost your virginity? Okay, and here's what I say on that. Yeah, probably I might have been a little interested, you know, but okay, it was an older woman in a field. Do you have to go into all the detail? But it's just like, why do we need that? You know, and, and well, this... Because, because it, sells, it sells books. I guess, but you know, supposedly a copy has been leaked in Spain, and that's where all of these details are coming Five days out. early, five days early. And I do think that it's probably one of those books I won't end up reading. I, won't, I don't care anymore. Because what I really wanted to hear was more about 
how he negotiated after his mother passed away. You know, what is life really like behind the gates? Everyone knows where they were and what they were doing the night my mother died. It was 1997 and Prince Harry was 12 years old. On holiday in Balmoral while in London, there was an unprecedented public outpouring of grief for his mother, Diana. When the royal family eventually returned from Scotland, Princes Harry and William were thrust into the media spotlight. I cried once um, at the burial. Um, and, you know, I go into detail about how strange it was and how actually there was some guilt that I, that I felt. And I think William felt as well by walking around the outside of Kensington Palace. You know, 50,000 bouquets of flowers to our mother. And there we were shaking people's hands, smiling. I've seen the videos, right? I've looked back, I look back over it all. And the wet hands that we were shaking, we couldn't understand why their hands were wet, but it was all the tears that they were wiping away. Everyone thought and felt like they knew our mum. And the two closest people to her, the two most loved people by her, were unable to show any emotion in that moment. I told you he's feeling very American. He's feeling very, he's feeling very California to me. It's kind of like just lay it all out there, a la Adam Levine. Yeah, here's what I'm doing. I slid into someone's DMs and I'm not, I am circumcised. It's like, who cares? You know, who cares? Keep some mystery about some things, you know? But if, if you don't push it, though, for Penguin Books, the publisher more than anybody else, you got to push it because they, they expect a, a massive return, a massive return on their investment in Prince Harry and these stories that, that, that he has uh, never told before until now. I mean, I guess you I got to push the envelope. You know, some of the biggest bombshells were that, you know, he said he and William asked Charles not to marry Camilla. I find that very interesting. Now, that part of the book I find interesting. I, I think that that could probably very well have happened. I thought this was interesting. You know, he claimed that he reached out to um, Wills and to Kate and asked them what he should wear for this party where he wore the Nazi outfit and gotten so, got so much grief for it and that they green-lighted it and said that he should do it. Oh, you should do it. You should do it. I don't know if he just was trying to assuage some of his guilt that, oh, you know, it wasn't just me that came up with this or was it a time period where they thought it was funny or what? I, I don't know. I don't know what was behind that if they were trying to set him up. But uh, I found the passage about his virginity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2001, right here, yeah. 2001 to an older woman. He called it in a, a humiliating episode, writing that the woman he lost his virginity to like macho horses, and treated me like a young stallion. He described the interaction like this. I mounted her quickly, after which she spanked my ass and sent me away. Okay, gross. You know, he said he killed 25 Taliban members while fighting in Afghanistan. You know, he said, you can't kill people if you see them as people, he reportedly writes, adding that he thought of them as chess pieces taken off the board. I I, I think he's very, and this is what started starting to bother me, because I didn't think of him this way. I think he's very calculating. And it's all about turning the tide on his and Megan's reputation, which I don't know that this is doing. But, you know, there was always the rub on Prince Harry that he wasn't really a soldier, that they just sent him there. It was almost like rehab in a way, you know, for him to sort of get his shiat together because it was, you know, during the time period when he was seen out in Vegas partying and all this stuff was going on and they didn't really know what to do with him. And I think he spent a lot of time, you know, trying to convince people that he was actually one of the soldiers, that he did everything they did. So I think part of this is it felt very like cold the way he said it. And I understand that if you're in the military, you have to look at things differently. But, you know, I think he he had to give this number to prove that like he was he in was fact, a soldier. yeah, True the soldier. whole, the whole thing about the Nazi thing. I need to clear my, you know, I got to clear my reputation on that. If I'm Courtney Cox, I'm a little pissed. Who, who is Will Arnett? 
he is uh, Superman. He was um, he was Lego Man. And in the in the book, he is not named. Uh, he being Will Arnett, but uh, Prince Harry claims he once did mushrooms according to Cox's house. He's he's always been a, a huge fan of the show Friends, and he cr- had a crush, I believe, one time on 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 her as well. He goes to her house. Uh, they're drinking tequila. Harry wandered around the party drinking tequila and rubbing elbows with celebs like Will Arnett, identified only as Batman from the Lego Movie, which would suggest that this incident took place sometime around 2014. And getting high from uh, getting high off of black diamond mushroom chocolates. That's fine. Um, I, I do find it interesting when celebs come forth with some of the the behind the scenes at parties and stuff. But he's tied to people to this story that may have not been. Well, I mean, he names Courtney Cox, but he doesn't name Will Arnett. What, what's the thinking there, Dee? Well, I don't know, but I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know that. I mean, he was at a party. There were a lot of people there. I, it, the implication is that Courtney Cox was serving. You know, trays of, mushrooms. trays of mushrooms. I don't think that was the case. Like, did someone give them to you? Was Leo DiCaprio there, or you know? Well, I think it's got to be Will Arnett or, or Jared Leto. Well, Will Arnett? What do you think? No, he just said he was rubbing elbows with celebs like Will Arnett. But my point is, by only naming those two, it almost looks like they were they were at this party where they're all sitting around on like a love sack couch just doing mushrooms. I don't think that was the case. Um, he tried cocaine as a teenager. Okay, great. You know, didn't seem like he had a big anything big there, you know, he didn't like it, whatever. I just, I don't know. I, I find it all a, a little trite. And um, and then talking about William's baldness is alarming. I'd rather you talk about my penis than I my mean, baldness. I mean, just, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I looked at Willie, which that's that's something, you know, to call someone, you know, just, and, and I don't know. Like, I'm sure that's a term of endearment, but they weren't endeared. Um, really looked at him, perhaps for the first time since we were little, Adding that at that moment, he no longer saw his brother's resemblance to their mother. He reportedly then goes on to call William's balding alarming and more than and more than mine. Well, again, if that was if that was framed in the context of William was under a lot of stress because of losing his mother and 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 eventually having to take over the monarchy and what that meant and bring uh, it into stress. modern times. But it seems very callous and a jab. And I don't, I didn't want to think of him as this way. I honestly wanted to always think anytime, you know, you saw the Royals do an interview, it seemed like the protocol and how they chose to spend their time, whether it was with the Prince's Trust. And he's obviously done a ton of stuff with Paralympics. You know, I wanted to think of him as that type of person. I am feeling that he's very, sort of kind of calculating and, and and just it's all about getting his name righted and you know William's the bad one he's the mean one he's the you know we get it we get it okay but guess what they're across the pond and they ain't coming over the pond to see you for years many hoped there might be a path to reconciliation for these two but today Harry confirms when it comes to his brother and his family the gloves are off I don't know how staying silent is ever going to make things better. Silence is clearly not the option Harry has chosen. And we discover relations between father and son are now so bad, Harry will not commit to coming to the king's coronation, his own father's coronation, in May. If you're invited to the coronation, will you come? There's a lot that can happen between now and then. The door is always open. The the ball is in their court. There's a lot to be discussed, and I really hope that they are willing to sit down and talk about it. But what's to be discussed? His balding, his, you know, like what's to be discussed? Here's where you don't stay silent. You don't stay silent when someone is bullying you about um, ethnicity, sexuality, you know, misogyny, if you're a man versus a woman. Uh, Just that's different. 
Okay, if you wanted to speak up, which he did, and I do think that it shined a light on a little bit of on the color of on the color of Archie's skin. skin. Absolutely, during the uh, Oprah two hours, right? But you're not you're not righting any wrongs by saying that you lost your virginity in a field. You did mushrooms in a California at a but California that's, party. That's what people want. That's what they they expect on it. And something like the memoir that this this about this. He's he's a prince. Can't just talk about. His dad, King Charles, did this, or, or or they didn't want Camilla to marry, or didn't want their dad to marry Camilla. You can have all those stories, but you have to have sex, you have to have drugs, and you got to have rock and roll. There, there's stories though that you would never expect to be told from someone who is a member or was a member of of the royal family. I absolutely it's would. never happened before. You've got Andrew, Prince Andrew, excommunicated from the family for being on at Jeffrey Epstein's island. Okay, you've got Fergie's ex-husband. I think that was Andrew. Also, I don't even know. Yes, that was Andrew sucking women's toes. the The thing about the Brits is you do the crazy shit and you carry on. You're not American. You don't go out and blast it all over the place. They're crazier than hell. Leave that to us. If, if you think for a minute that Prince Charles doesn't dress up in Camilla's undergarments and pat around Buckingham Palace, you're crazy. But here's the thing. It was always sort of, okay. But it's just like, I don't, so you lost your virginity to some woman. So you you did cocaine when you were a teenager. So did a lot of people. So you did mushrooms at a party. Welcome to California. Everyone's doing it. Some ginger kid who now looks like a trust fund kid just gone awry out in California. So what? Again, get in line. Get in line behind Jared Leto. Get in line behind Matthew McConaughey. I mean, the man was playing bongos naked, high as hell. And he's running for, he's thinking about running for Congress. Nobody cares in America. Patty Davis, actress and youngest daughter of the Gipper, the late uh, President Ronald Reagan, gave Prince Harry some some unsolicited advice when she wrote this week, excuse me, an op-ed piece for the New York Times. She's 70 now. Uh, She cautioned Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, to be judicious with his candor. She writes, by justification, in writing a book I now wish I had written was very similar to what I understand to be Harry's reasoning. I wanted to tell the truth. I wanted to set the record straight. Naively, I thought if I put my own feelings and my own truth out there for the world to read, my family might also come to understand me better. Years ago, someone asked me what I would say to my younger self if I could, without hesitating. I answered, that's easy. I'd have said, be quiet, not forever, but until I could stand back and look at things through a wider lens, until I understand that words have consequences and they last a really long time. Harry has called William not only his beloved brother, but his arch nemesis. He chose words that cut deep, that leave a scar. Perhaps if he had taken time to be quiet, to reflect on the enduring power of his words, he'd have chosen differently. Amen. One of the criticisms that you've received is that, well, okay, fine, you want to move to California, you want to step back from the institutional role, why be so public? You say you tried to do this privately. And every single time I've tried to do it privately, there have been briefings and leakings and planting of stories against me and my wife. You know, the family motto is never complain, never explain, but it's just a motto. And it doesn't really hold... There's a lot of complaining and a lot of explaining. And Private being done in through leaks. Through leaks. They will feed or have a conversation with the correspondent. And that correspondent will literally be spoon-fed information and write the story. And then the bottom of it, they will say that they've reached out to Buckingham Palace for comment. I'm sure many stories will continue to come out this week as the book just dropped today for listening on Upload Day. So I would imagine Thursday's episode... 
probably pick up and uh, continue the conversation about Prince Harry and Spare. It is available now. All right. Uh, congratulations to the George Bulldogs. Bulldogs are in the air as uh, they are flying home to Athens with that uh, national championship trophy. Two national championships in a row back-to-back. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act from ABC TV and Good Morning America, 60 Minutes, and CBS TV, IGT, London, ABC TV, ESPN, the SEC Network, for audio from the national championship game. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen, who uh, worked late into the morning to get this episode up and, uh, and out. We just, again, we, we, we started recording the episode after the clock ran out in L.A., at the National Championship game with the Georgia Bulldogs. So thank you to Hans and to Carl. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act part of the App and Podcast Network.